You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying clean, simple eats because they're just that clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20. 20% off your first order. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Demore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at DrLisaDemore.com. Episode 63, Raising an Athlete, Advice from an Olympic Mom. Well, I'm so excited for our guest today, Lisa, because I don't know about you, I was the high school nerd. And I sat on left bench on every single sports team in high school. Uh, I actually played sports in high school. And it was a big part you of did? my life. I did. I played in the fall and the spring. And then I grew up in Colorado. So we skied all winter. And, you know, I'm a decent athlete. Nothing special. But for me, it was a huge part of my high school career. And then I've continued to, you know, enjoy working out ever since. But I loved it in high school. Mm. Yeah. I, I appreciate the value sports after now being 42 and realizing how much it helps me mentally. So I can't wait to have our next guest sort of talk to us about her take on it. So Lauren Regula is not only a mom of three, she's a three-time Olympian. She found her way back to the Olympics at the age of 38. But most recently, she won a bronze medal while at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games at the age of 40. I just love that. She was 40 when she won a bronze medal. She's also an entrepreneur and a big advocate of kids playing multiple sports, but also kids having fun in sports. And she believes that sports is a great way to allow kids to grow into amazing human beings. Lauren, welcome. We are so excited to have you with us. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I love talking sports. I love talking kids. So I'm excited. Fantastic. Okay, so out of the gate, here's our first question for you. What do you most want parents to know if they're thinking about trying to raise a high-performing athlete? 
Uh, I'm probably going to go against what a lot of people are going to think I'm going to say. Um, enjoyment, enjoying what you're doing. So there's no guarantee where we're going to go in sports, but I can guarantee you for your child to reach their potential, they have to stay on the court. They have to stay on the field. They have to stay on the track. And it's so important for us as parents to understand that we're not going to have an eight-year-old Olympian, right? And what matters when you're eight, enjoying it, what matters is your kid coming up to you and saying, hey, mom, I can't wait to go to basketball practice. Um, I'm excited to go play, you know, soccer or whatever that sport may be or activity. So I think enjoyment, especially when they're young, is huge. Mm. You know, Lauren, my parents are from India and sports was not really valued in our home. It was all about academics and studying hard. And as I mentioned in the intro, you know, now at age 42, I'm obsessed with tennis and golf and I realize how it helps me mentally. We got a letter from a parent who says, how do you encourage kids to be more active? She says that her child is a healthy weight, but she wants her to have that excitement for sports. What do you do if your kid just doesn't have that? Well, I'm a believer that there's something for everybody. And it's why I love multi-sports. It's why I love kids trying and exploring in every area of their life. And sports is no different. So one, I would say, continue to search for things. And it may not be the conventional basketball, baseball. Maybe it's hiking. Maybe it's running. Maybe it's mountain biking. There are so many avenues that I think we can use as sport through, for health as opposed to immediately getting into competitive sports. So that would be the first thing I would say is explore. And the second thing I would say is explore with them. I think kids understand what we do. And this is probably a better conversation for Lisa, but I always think of it for as an athlete and as a mom, if I'm willing to get out there, then our kids look at me and say, hey, guess what? Mom's doing it. So encourage I encourage parents to do it with their children. Go for hikes with them. Go grab a basketball. Go grab a soccer soccer ball. Regardless if you're good at it or not, that's the point, right? We have to show kids that no one picks up a basketball and becomes an NBA player after two dribbles. So <laughs> explore and get out there with your kids would be my two suggestions. I love that. And I love it's so, I always love when we have cross-pollination across different episodes of the podcast. And one of the things that came up again and again when we're talking about kids and weight management and health and eating is make activity fun. Don't make exercise a punishment. Don't make this something that they have to go do. Like, do it as a family. Find fun ways. So it's always fascinating to me when the same principles reappear across different things. Okay, Lauren, let's talk, though, that said, about kids getting to the next level, which you have basically made a life of getting to the highest levels. Um, here's what we have from a parent. My kid is a 15-year-old competitive swimmer who swims both high school and club teams. She is very, very good. Will probably be welcome on many D3 college teams. But there are girls on both her current teams who are better. Several will swim D1 in college, and at least one will likely make the Olympic trials. My kid is very driven academically as well and tends toward perfectionism and anxiety. She complains about hard, pra hard practices and early mornings, but rejects the idea of quitting. How do I get her to focus on her own success and strength in the pool and not feel defeated when she's not the best in her pool? What a great question. 
So this is why I love sport is because it does teach you. It teaches you that fight. It teaches you the never give up attitude. And I think as parents, we want to jump in and figure out how to fix that. But her, you know, child essentially going through these trials and tribulations is building up uh, a resiliency. It's building up an opportunity for her child to know that there's going to be, there's always someone better than you. I went to the Olympics three times and there's always someone better than me. And there, I, there's always going to be someone I'm better than, right? As a kid, it's hard to understand at the time when you see people and you're like, I want to be there. But I think it's important for parents and kids to talk about goals. Why are we swimming? What can we get out of swimming? Is your goal, is it to be an Olympian? Or if you really love academics, man, we can use sports to help us get into really amazing colleges. And that is huge. And so I think if we need to define success with what our kids think success is within our own families and not within what other people consider success. And it's not an easy conversation by any means, but the struggle through sport is what makes sport beautiful, in, in my opinion. Oh, that like gave me goosebumps, actually. Yeah, it really, yeah. It really is what makes yeah. sport beautiful. And it's such a parallel to life. And as much as we want to, to do everything we can to ease the pain from our kids, helping them understand that it's part of the process. And, and you've said this before, and I'm using this in my own life now with my own kids, Lisa, is, um, yeah, sometimes practices just stink. They do. Yep. There's nothing you can say about it. Um, but when she says, I want to get up and I'm going to go back to practice, celebrate that, celebrate getting up, right? Fall eight times, get up nine. And so it, it's not an easy conversation, but I do think it's important for parents and children to understand why they're playing their sports. What are they trying to get out of it? And it's going to look different from athlete to athlete. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. I was recently watching an interview of the wife of a world leader, and in the middle of the interview, she reaches over to pull her bra strap up, and I thought, boy, this is something all women everywhere are struggling with. This is why I absolutely love Honey Love. I have the crossover bra, which is just so functional, but it feels so good on. I feel like I've got the support without feeling like I've got this heavy-duty bra on. I've been through all the bras. The elastic wears out, the underwire pinches into your skin, you have to hand wash some, you can only wash it in this type of detergent, and I just wanted something that takes out all the fuss and will support me day in and day out. Honey Love's not just supporting women, it's empowering women. So treat yourself to the best bra on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash askalisa. You can use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash askalisa to find your perfect fit. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. We hope you support the show and tell them Askalisa sent you. Honeys, you deserve this. Free the pain and discomfort and keep the support with Honey Love. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. 
Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. OneSkin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. You know, what about Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours? You put in 10,000 hours, you can start to be good at anything. Are we setting our kids up for failure with sports by saying, just focus on it, just practice, and you'll get there. You'll be that top athlete. I do. I feel like that um, there's a lot that goes into sport. You can't um, out-practice genetics. That's just something that's a fact. And I know a lot of parents want to believe that if you just put in the time, you're going to get there. And the, the 10,000 hours has since been uh, debunked, but it was something that was grabbed onto by parents and run with like crazy. And I think it's important for us to understand there's so many factors that go into high level sport, right? Genetics is definitely one. Work ethic is one. Of course, your practice and your time in your discipline or in your sport, absolutely that matters. But it's not one, it's all of them. And you can have a kid that practices half the time, but genetically has a different talent or a different gift. And it may not seem fair, but that one child is going to probably win that spot. And so I think it's important again, and and my husband and I have had this conversation, what are the goals? What are your goals as parents for your kids in sports? And if we don't know what that is, if we're just in the rat race because other people are doing it, or if we just want to wear the the good, you know, the best club and say, man, my kid plays for the best club, why do we have our kids in sports? And this is where I think we have to actually ask ourselves these questions. Is it so my kid can, because I think my kid can have an opportunity at a scholarship? Is it because of the parent's expectation Is it the children's expectation? Oftentimes those expectations don't line up. A parent signs up a child for a really high level club. It's 90 minutes away. There's resentment on the driving. The kid, you know, child doesn't want to go. And at the end of the day, it was the parent who signed the child up. Mm -hmm. And so I think expectations and goals of why we're playing sport and having our kids and our parents understand that very few people make it to the top, top level, right? So what, what can we get out of sport? There are a million things our kids can, can gain from sport if they don't make it to the NBA. I love that. 
Actually, I want to follow up on that genetics question um, because one of the things that's very hard to perceive when you watch professional athletes on television is how differently, like, they're constructed than everybody else. And I remember one time I was in the CBS green room with Derek Jeter. And, you know, he obviously is an extraordinary athlete, but it wasn't just that he was fit, you know, and it wasn't just that he was athletic. I mean, if you could have lined him up with, like, 40 other guys, same size, same level of fitness, he is built differently than the humans I have normally been around. And in other times when I've been near professional athletes, when you're near them physically, something becomes obvious that TV hides. And I just, one of the things I always have like, if if I could do like a fly on the wall thing, the Olympic Village. Like I would love to check out the Olympic Village. Like what, like, can you just like describe it? Like indulge me for a minute, but also on this genetics question, because I think it's really something that's hard to pick up if you're only watching on television or you only see them at a great distance. Absolutely. And that's, it's funny you say that. My brother played 10 years for ma- in Major League Baseball for a couple different teams. And we actually just took our kids down to the Pittsburgh Pirates. He played for them. And we were down on the field watching them take batting practice. And from the stands, you do not understand how different these players look because they all look like they're about 5'5 when you're really far away. Same thing on TV is you see all of the top sprinters and they all look similar or have some similar traits. So you don't really realize how different they look. And I can tell you walking around the village, I called my husband, I think, every day. And I would go, I just forgot because I had been out of the game and out of the sport for so long. I took 12 years off. I forgot what an Olympic village looked like. My mouth was open. My mask was on so no one could see. But my mouth was open half the time just looking around at these specimens. I'm I'm like, okay, everyone's 6'5 to 6'7 and just jacked and just in amazing shape. <laughs> and then of course you have your dif- different disciplines, right? You see a rowing team come in and they're six, eight, and then you have the coxswain who's coming in at four eleven, and <laughs> everyone has their place, but you can tell, you can just look at someone. And again, I've been to multiple Olympic villages and I walked around with this sheer admiration of the, not only the hard work that you can tell went into that, you know, their bodies, but they just look different. They do. It's it's fascinating, actually. I mean, it's a fascinating thing. And I, I think it's good for parents to know that because your kid can work really hard and be really athletic and try really hard. And then they come up against one of these like beautiful specimens that just was dealt a different biological hand. And, and that's a reality. You know, that's a good transition to another question that we got, which is how can you tell where your child's natural talents lie? One parent writes in asking about elementary school sports, saying it's so competitive and so intense, it's schedule overloaded. And they're asking, how do we approach this with kids when already in elementary school, that intensity has already been kicked up? Well, this is exactly why I'm excited to be on this podcast because I want to explain how important it is for kids to try as many sports as they can. When I go to do camps for softball, people will say, how did you know that softball was going to be your sport? And I said, I didn't. When I was 12 years old, if I was doing what I thought I wanted to do at 12 years old, I would be a hairdresser in Trail, BC, (laughs) because you just don't know. And kids develop at different ages. I have seen it with my own two eyes very often, not I won't say always or never, but very often 
the best eight-year-old isn't the best 18-year-old. Kids need to grow into their bodies and they need to grow into their mobility and they need to grow into their movements. And it's so important for us parents to allow our children the opportunity to explore. How do you know if you're going to be good at basketball if you don't play it? How do you know that maybe maybe you play baseball and you realize you're the speedster on the team? So that allows you an opportunity to go try track. But this idea that we have to pigeonhole our kids at eight years old, nine years old into one sport, not only limits them from reaching their potential in in the sport that they may be best at, but it also pigeonholes them into a spot that they may not be happy with. They may not enjoy in a year or two from now. And so sports are getting very competitive very early. And I know personally for our family, we choose clubs and teams that are very mid-tier. I stay away from anything that is, you know, the most dominant club and the clubs you have to commit to all year round and you can't play anything else. We stay clear away from those. Can you unpack that a little more? I'm curious because I'm I'm interested on the psychological side. I'm actually also interested on the physical side about the impact on kids' bodies. Yeah, absolutely. So Again, when we think of burnout with kids, we often think of physical burnout. And this is something that I'm, I'm huge into. Um, and I tell my kids all the time, if you decide you don't like soccer, that's fine. What's next, right? Let's, mm-hmm. We're just going to keep trying things. If you like it, great. We can run with it. If you don't, okay, what's next? So we think of burnout as injuries. And in our local school district, we actually just had six ACLs, six on one soccer team, on a high school soccer team. And that's what I'm trying to avoid in my own family. So I want my kids to learn different movement patterns. I want them to go play all the different sports so they don't use their bodies in the same way over and over and over. Uh, A parent came up to me, a daughter of a softball player, and, and asked me and said, you know, my daughter also plays volleyball and they're concerned because they're afraid it's going to be overuse. And I thought, oh no, volleyball's great. You want to do something different than yeah. softball. You're actually gaining muscle and you're gaining strength in other areas. So of course the physical part is so important, but what I think is extremely underestimated is the excitement of sport. Mm-hmm. If you have a soccer ball at your feet from when you're five years old, 365 days a year, mm-hmm. You're going to look at that soccer ball like, oh, it's just a soccer ball. Mm. You're not going to have that excitement. And there's mental burnout. There's emotional burnout when it comes to kids. Of course, when we get older into high school, it's a different conversation. But when our kids are younger, nothing can replace excitement on having the glove on your hand. Okay, now it's time to put my glove away. Okay, now it's time to bring out the volleyball. Time to put the volleyball away. Time to bring out the basketball. Whatever it may be for your kids, that excitement they're, they're children, right? Like to me, that's what's going to make them want to continue to play. Right. I mean, sports are for fun, right? Like that should be, right? For me, always at the center of it, that we play sports for fun. I'm 40. I just got done with an Olympics and our mental performance mm-hmm. coach came up to me when I was going through some, some difficult moments and he just looked at me and he goes, you know what, Lauren? You don't work softball. You play softball. Mm. Go have some fun. Oh, I love that. And I thought, I love that. if that's good enough for a 40-year-old at the Olympics, I'm pretty sure that's good <laughs> enough for an 8-year-old kid, right? I never thought about talking about failure with my kids. That was such a valuable piece of intel that she gave me. 
I learned so much from what she had to say, and I just am so grateful for her every woman approach to sports. I mean, here you have this person who is a total superhero in the sports world. I mean, has achieved things that are just outrageously hard to do. And she could not have brought a more grounded view of what sports are about, what sports are for, and how they can benefit everyone regardless of where they're headed or where they end up. Makes you really rethink why you put kids in sports to begin with, which is something that I had never really thought about much. Sure does. So Lisa, what do you have for us for Parenting to Go? What I was thinking about as Lauren was laying her wisdom on us is that so much of what she was sharing about how sports help kids had to do with the parts that we tend to perceive as negative. The frustrations, the failures, the losing that she talked about. And I think that's often where growth happens. It happens in pain. And that's such a strange thing as a parent to get used to the idea that emotional discomfort is actually what fosters growth and that we should not shield our children from experiences that might be emotionally uncomfortable. In fact, we might even try to find situations to put them in where they will have to come up against painful feelings in the name of growing. Why is that so hard for us to do? I think there's something instinctive. You just don't want to see your kid in pain. And there's so much good in that. And yet, if we could give our children a painless childhood, we would deliver to the world humans who could not function in the day-to-day. I never looked at it that way. But you're absolutely right. We would so shield and protect our kids, but it really is good to hear from you. It's not the right thing to do. Leaning into that is is probably really valuable. Yeah, we got to help them grow. I love that. Well, next week, we're going to have an encore episode about confidence and self-esteem. How do I build my kids' confidence and self-esteem? I'll see you next week, Lisa. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.